What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Back with my very, very good friend, Russell Peach, here to talk about virtual estimating, building up leaders within an organization, a little bit of commercial, a little bit of residential, awesome conversation as always. If you are in the Painting Contractors group, we actually did this one. Uh, we recorded it on video. So if you want to go watch the video of this, uh, you will see it at the top of the group there. Otherwise, sit back and listen up to the Contractor Secrets podcast, which starts right now. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Here with my good buddy uh, and Drip Jobs colleague. He helps us with promo, and uh, if you guys have met him at any of the uh, shows we've been at, he's been the one pushing drip jobs at the booth, so great friend of mine, Russell. What's up, brother? Welcome. What's going on, man? Not too much, man. Ready to, ready to hammer out some strategy, man. So tell me, what brings you, man? You hit me up. You said, you know, I want to get that business breakthrough in. What's uh, what's that area of your business you want to hit on today, man? Yeah, man. So uh, virtual estimating. I've um, been running some estimates, um, some of them, you know, Obviously, they haven't closed on the house yet. Um, sure. Definitely want to do virtual, but yeah. I feel like my my touch isn't completely there with the virtual estimates. So I'm kind of wondering if I could pick your brain a little bit, see exactly yeah. how you run yours. I love them. You know, I love them. I think it started in COVID, you know, for me, you know, the COVID uh, really opened up my eyes to how well people perceived virtual estimates. I think um, well, the first pillar of a successful virtual estimate is having a solid online reputation, which I believe that you do. How many, uh, how many reviews do you have? Uh, we only have like 35 five-star reviews right now. People we just don't. started like, like seven yeah. months ago. Getting right. reviews, so though. that's pretty good though. I mean, you know, so at the very least, I mean, you have a solid reputation online, good website, good online presence, right? So that's going to be step one. You know, step two is this, there's a right customer and a wrong customer for a virtual estimate, man. I mean, the last thing you want is to be the only virtual guy that shows up against two other people that showed up, you know? I mean, so that kind of, it's like, well, who am I buying from? Right. So that's something that you do not want to happen. Um, you know, when it comes to virtual estimating, it's really about convenience. You know, I think some people are okay with it because it's convenient for them. And I think if you offer that as something, um, that you do and, and are, you know, okay with, and, you know, they'll buy into it. But I think the first thing is, is like, who's the customer? What's the motivation? Typically, like you said, you have people that call that say, Hey, I'm getting ready to close on a house. So maybe is this what's happening? You're saying, okay, well, let's line up a date with either the realtor or when you close, right? Yep. Yeah. You can't do that. <clears throat> you know, you're losing out on a, a lot of time and you're losing out on the ability to get that thing scheduled as soon as they move in. Right. So, yeah. you know, well, actually, well, yeah, um, I, I used to do it like that, actually. But now, I mean, lately, last couple of months, <laughs> whenever I hear that, I just jump right into the virtual like I, I offer it right away. Not so too if many I told you, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Sorry. Let me ask you this. If I told you, hey, Russell, I'm getting ready to move into a house. I like to schedule an estimate. Sell me. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, have you closed on the house yet? No. No, you haven't. All right. Awesome. So our, our process is very simple for, uh, for homeowners when, when they're closing on a house, 
Um, it, it will only take about 30 minutes. We can jump on a, on a Zoom call or, or a phone call. Well, let me backtrack real quick. That's one thing I was thinking about starting to do was Zoom calls. But um, I'm like, yeah, well, we can just jump on a on a quick phone call. Um, I can I can do a full walkthrough uh, uh, through the Zillow app and everything. Get full price points and everything. Um, we can we can tell you a little bit about our company, a little bit about our prep processes, what we can offer you, and uh, basically, you know, take you're way out west. You're way out west. You forgot the most important question. When are you closing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Most important question, right? But but if yeah. that wasn't something that you spit out, that's something that's not that you're not referencing quick enough because you got to understand somebody that's moving in, the most valuable brother, most valuable thing at the top of the list is convenience. To make sure that everything lines up. Think about it. You're moving into your house. You're in Florida, so chances are it's their last stop. Not only are you someone that they have to schedule, Cleaners, pest control, electricians, movers, all these things. You're not special like you are when it's just somebody wanting to paint their house, right? But what you do have the opportunity to do is be the ultimate facilitator, right? Okay? Forget the project. You're already talking about the house and the project and, and who cares, right? They found you. They called you. You're qualified. Now, instead of selling the project, you're going to sell the experience and the experience starts with when are you closing? Right? So that's the right question to ask right off the bat. When are you closing? Oh, I'm closing August 1st. Fantastic. Just so you know, before we go any further, I have an opening that following Monday. How, how confident are you that we're going to hit that closing date? Now we're working together, right? We're not even talking about the house. Who cares? So right off the bat, you want to line up the fact that you're the facilitator of this agreement. And then you did pretty good there. You said, Hey, this is how we do it with customers that are closing, right? What's the biggest fear brother of people that want to hire somebody before they close on a house? House might not close. And then what? And then they lost their deposit. So what do you do? So I tell them, Hey, look, uh, after we go through all that, we take such a, we take such a small deposit. Um, it's not detrimental. Um, and if, if, you guys, if the closing falls through for something that's out of your hands, we completely refund the deposit. No, no harm, no foul. Sure, you've been listening to the podcast. I mentioned. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So right there, we're that's the big fear. Okay. Most people are already apprehensive. What do you mean? I can't really hire you until I close. Don't worry about it. The reason we're doing this, Miss Jones, is because you and I both know you're scheduling a ton of things right now. I'm probably third on your list, right? You got the movers, the electrician, the pest control. Listen. I want to kick off your move off the right foot. We have got to get you scheduled as soon as you close. So the painting is done. Are you doing any other services, miss? Well, yeah, we're getting flooring done. Oh, perfect. Well, I mean, that's something that you probably want to do after you paint. You don't want our guys walking all over your new floors. We're clean, but hey, you know, brand new floors want to stay brand new, right? So again, you know the game and it's not even, about, I haven't even mentioned the job once. I don't even care about the job. You know, the reality of the situation is I'm selling you the full package when you buy a house. So we're not even going to talk about what you want, really. What I'm going to talk about is, hey, this is how we do it. I'm going to give you pricing for the wall, ceiling, trim, and doors. You can decide what you want. Why wouldn't you want everything? You're getting, you're, you're moving in, you're calling me for a paint job. So it's not so much about what they want, right? So the second part of that is just, you know, really just emphasizing the experience. It's like, because what I want to create is I want to create I'm your, I'm your 
I'm your helper, right? I'm the guy that you trust probably with the key. You know, I get the key first, you know, I'm the first one to get the key to your house, right? So for me, it's about building trust, showcasing expertise, and really understanding, having empathy of where they are in the buying process, where they are in their customer journey and saying, well, what would I want if I were in that situation, right? And you can only get there by asking the right questions, brother. So for me, first question, you know, let, well, actually you had a great question. Have you closed on the house yet? Second question, when do you close? Third question, are you interested in this virtual estimating experience? Let me explain to you how this works. Well, Tanner, you know, we're not sure if something falls through, don't worry about it. We will make sure that your deposit's refunded and I will write that in your proposal. So there's just full transparency there. Okay, are you interested to see how this works? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, first things first, like I said, on Monday, following the closing date, uh, we'll be able to get in there and get it done. Now, I, I, you know, obviously let me get the address and look it up and I, I can tell you about how many days it'll take. Obviously that'll all be built into your proposal, but my, my greatest... Um, my greatest question overall is just making sure that you're okay with this process, right? Is that something that you're comfortable with? You know, if it's something that is so crazy to them, um, then, you know, you really don't want to, you don't want to do it. You know, you say, okay, cool. So the only option is at that point, if we meet you on your closing date, typically we book three to four weeks out. So we're not doing this to rush you. I'm doing this because we deal with this all the time and we just want to make sure that it's a smooth process. Well, Tanner, I'm not really in a rush. We're not going to move in until October. Perfect. All right, great. So you know, we'll schedule that appointment, you know. Gotcha. So we, again, it's not so much about the house and the, and the project, right? Really nothing is, <clears throat> you know, obviously it's good to know what they want, but if you're a suggestive salesperson, you're not even really making that a thing because you know what you want to sell as a professional, right? So if somebody tells me, you know, they want their walls done, great. I'm already thinking about how I'm going to sell them the trim, the doors, the ceiling, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to showcase as to why, like it, it reminds me of when I used to work in a restaurant, you've maybe heard this story, right? You come in and sit down, you know, what am I doing? Just watching you look at the menu and tell me what you want. I'm going to get a $4 tip, you know? So the mindset is, is that I'm the professional. This is how it goes with us. And what you're going to realize is that people are really receptive to that because they want to be guided. They want to be taken care of. That's why they're calling you. So hopefully that gives you a little insight on it. Yeah, we're the professionals, so we yeah we can give the best insight. So good point. A thousand percent. <clears throat> but you were on the right on the right track. So that's movers. That's people that are moving in. Where virtual estimating makes a ton of sense. You know, where else would you like to implement virtual estimating in your business? I think that's it. Really, I think that's the only place you should do it. Unless you're, yeah. you know, sometimes if you're running Facebook ad campaigns and you want to kind of do it that way, I've had success with that. Every now and again, you know, I mean, it's convenient, um, yeah. but it's not going to convert. You know, how's your sales process going, man? How's, how's the in-home sales working? Yeah. In-home sales. I mean, I've been, uh, I feel like I've been crushing it. Um, I don't have any real data of like closing percentages and such, but I feel like I've been doing pretty good. Um, I just haven't been running too many estimates lately. So, um, got one today, so I'm be wearing the trusty drip jobs hat for it. You know, hey, legend has it, bro. Yeah. Legend has it. <laughs> yeah. The legend did have it that one day. I think it was, what was it? It was two or three, uh, two or three deals that I closed with this hat on. Dude, oh, listen, legend today. has it, man. You wear that drip jobs hat. Your sales, your sales closing ratio goes up by 50%. I For mean, sure, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. As legend has it. So when it comes to um, you know, when it comes to your business overall, what other areas, man, that you feel as though, you know, could use a little little refinement, man. 
Um, so, I mean, I don't know about refinement, but um, I mean, I'm putting together another crew right now. Um, just hired Service Legend, so they're they're taking off our Google Ads. Nice. Uh, they're doing all our Google SEO, and uh, we're starting to get some some lead flow coming in from from the Google Ads. So that's, that's um, promising. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to hire two more guys. Um, I had I had one guy just just uh, just left us. You remember the the mutual mutual acquaintance? <laughs> um, no way. All right. Yeah. So I got to tell the story. So I have to, I mean, what am I going to do? Yeah, no, so, that was hilarious. So, so Russell love. So this is what happened. So this guy, um, he lives in between Russell and I, Russell lives in Tampa. I live in Ocala. So I think this guy like stays in both places. He reached out to me and, uh, went through my hiring process, dude, he made it all the way through. Right. I mean, I think you did the same thing. He's probably confused. Like, he's like, what the heck? Like same form, same yeah. phone interview, um, he didn't get to my in-person interview, but he was scheduled to get to one. So I was excited about him. He had a really good resume, um, good form. Like, dude, he sounded like a home run. Right. And, you know, weirdly enough, the day before I have this guy scheduled to go do a, a in-person interview, Russell hits me up on, on Facebook Messenger. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Hey, by any chance, do you have a guy named so-and-so scheduled for an interview? You know, and I'm like, bro, this is bizarre. How do you know that? And I'm like, do you know him? Like, I was actually kind of excited because I'm like, maybe, you know, this guy, maybe you can help me tell, tell me if he's a good fit or not. And he's like, no, he applied for me too. And I'm like, what? Like, why would he apply for a job two and a half hours away? And, um, turns out like someone that he, that he lives with, he's like debating on where he wants to stay. So he applied at both places. So I was like, dude, you know what? I'm good right now on the, on that. If you want to pursue it, go for it, man, take them. And I just kind of canceled it. Cause I was like, I don't want the back and forth. Not saying I was going to put that on you, but I was going to let you use your judgment and see if it was a good fit. So now we fast forward. How did that turn out? <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, he was all right for, uh, what was it? Three weeks or so. And then, yeah. <laughs> Flip flopper, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I see it a lot, so nothing new, but yeah, I mean, but you know, it's, it's, it's a good, indication you know i look for roots to be you know i i do look for that man like i try to find people and i always ask in that interview like what's your yeah. year plan you know i could have told you off the bat like that guy's a flip-flopper man no you know it doesn't like you know, i'm going here i'm going there you know, where you going you know are you gonna stay with me or are you gonna go i don't want to waste my time i knew you know, it from so. day one man one you, conversation with him on day one i already knew it you know and you kind of just did it because it's like yeah let me let me let me see we'll, let me see what happens but you see, it was a learning lesson as well to, for me too, because um, I didn't call all of his references. Uh, found out that that was that was kind of a pattern. So you know, I probably could have found that out sooner. Yeah, but that's all. That's cool, man. Refine that. So you got another crew set uh, set up. Yeah. So um, we we're putting a fourth and fifth person on our main crew right now. Um, then shortly after, we're going to run five people on the main crew for a little while. Then we're going to hire the six person and split them three and three. And then kind of, kind of your, kind of your plan, yeah. how you run things. And that's so. on the repaint side. Don't forget this guy, Russell here, who's just chatting about repaints has like a whole commercial division that he just <laughs> runs on, runs on in his free time. And we've um, been crushing it over there too. We've been I doing, mean, it. you know, wait a minute, let's talk about that. This guy might be a, not, you're no longer a beginner in the repaint side. The repaint side is way better by the way. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, but the commercial side's like a freaking machine, right? Like, it's just, Oh Yeah. It's a machine that keeps going, but uh, what is re like? What does revenue look like on that side for you? So uh, revenue on that side, good month is usually around uh, sixty to seventy k a month. Um, or yeah, what was it? Um, let me see. 
16. So you're at about 60, 60 some K on that side who, and then, yeah, we did, we did like, yeah, we did a hundred, a hundred K two months consecutive last, last two months. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's crazy. You know, and then, and then, well, that was just, just that, and then the that. residential side, you're probably hitting about 40 a month yeah. now, a little 40, bit, yeah, 40, yeah, somewhere around 40 or so. The last, I mean, two months before, yeah, it was around 300 in, in revenue between both and sides. And you're balancing but, both, man. It's cool. You got those contracts kind of on autopilot. You got, you set up those teams. You built those relationships for a long time. Yeah, that's the main thing is that we built the relationship for a long time. We keep getting that consistent work. I, what do you I feel just, like the biggest challenge is with that transition from commercial to, to residential? Um, biggest challenge, probably just changing from, um, from, subcontractors to employees but i mean before they were basically employees they weren't really subs Did i mean you change everyone to be an employee no i didn't change everyone i only changed guys so but all the learning process of uh keeping them paying them hourly not paying them by the job i mean i've been paying them by the job for five years you know then i go to change paying by the hour clocking in you know yeah. uh running gusto Adjustment had and, to be made yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. How do you, um, how are you, how have you been pricing your, uh, your work on the, on the, just curious on the, re, on the repaint side. But do you mean like profit margin wise? Yeah. Just in general. Like if I gave you a 2000 square foot house, how would you price it out? Same exact way you price it out. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I use your, your pricing calculator. I take yeah. the time that it's going to, that it's going to take time and then, and look at the margin days. and hit it. Yeah. Yep. I always shoot for Simple. 50, go as low as 30. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, with I, I, I do got, I do got one thing now that I'm thinking about the commercial yeah. side. So, um, I could really, I could really lock down and we can, we can expand that commercial side hard, but, uh, big problem I'm having is finding a good supervisor to oversee all of those jobs. I don't know if maybe, you know, you can give some insight on that. Um, but that's, yeah, always, I mean, that's always been my, my struggle with expanding that side of the company. I can't give you any insight on commercial work because I don't do any. I'm not qualified. Gotcha. But I will say in terms, of, in terms of leadership, man, it's not, you know, I would tell you, don't look for a supervisor. Look for a person that you want to grow into a supervisor. And it might be somebody that surprises you, somebody that maybe just shows up to work every day, somebody that you don't have to worry about, somebody that you know, you have personal conversations with and they want an opportunity. Um, someone really ideally who you trust the most. And, um, you know, you got to understand that you got, you have the key, man. And that key unlocks potential for people. It's a very powerful key. Some people suppress potential. Some people do that. I would say with, with not intentionally, you know, just out of complacency. Right. So in other words, like if you have a potential leader in your organization, but you never unlock the key to their potential, then, you know, unfortunately you're suppressing it because you're being complacent about that. But if you recognize yourself as someone that unlocks potential and leaders through the vehicle of your business, well, then it's a different ball game. Then growth occurs. I'm sure you have those leaders in place, but they're very hands-on. They're very focused. They're very, you know, I would say, you know, narrow vision because that supervisor role is, is vacant. It's you. You know, essentially you're the one who's going and meeting those property managers still building those relationships. When you unlock the door to allow someone else to do that, which is very hard because you know so much and it's all inside of your brain 
and you know numbers and you know what you need to do and you know how to get it done and you know all this stuff that it's almost on autopilot. That's one of the biggest things you have to break up with yourself on is like, how can I transition? And it starts small. It starts with trying to groom up a protege, somebody that can at least start with seeing, seeing the jobs. And I already know you probably have someone in mind. What's stopping you from giving them that responsibility? <laughs> I know what it is. That was I my see office. her. Tara said hi. <laughs> um, so I, I know what it is, though. You ready for me to hit that? Yeah. It's the convenience. The person that you have in mind is so good at what they do. It's almost like you don't want to let them stop doing that because, you know, obviously there'd be a little bit of a, a hurt there. You know, that's just natural. A lot of people deal with that, including myself. You know, you have these people that are just so good at their job that removing them from their job to a bigger position, you know, seems like it wouldn't yield a greater return right off the bat immediately, right? Because they produce revenue. They make it easy for you. But guess what? It's a long-term investment in your time, which is greater than the financial return you're getting right now. That, all that makes sense? Yeah, no, you hit that right on the head, 100%. Like I have my, my unicorn right now that um, was in that same exact position two years ago that I did the same exact thing. This guy was crushing it for us. Um, but for the exact reasons that you said, I, I transitioned him into that supervisor role, uh, took him out of the brush, basically. He was going into the supervisor role, running that for nine months, 12 months or so. Then I brought him over to the residential. Now he's back leading the crew on, on our residential side. But be, that's be how careful. You know, that's, that's the mindset. Be careful. Those people, they're like a ticking time bomb. Some of them are okay. Some of them will stay in that role until the end of time. Okay. And if that's somebody, then you need to have the awareness to not allow them to do that because you want what's best for them at the end of the day. And sure. if you really feel like his role right now is the best for him and he is thriving there, leave him. But if you feel as though, yeah. you know, this person wants to grow, but number one, doesn't know how to ask, isn't confident in that next level of what that could be. Cause they don't know what it is. They don't know what they would do if they weren't painting. Right but you see the vision for them. In other words, you see that person doing what you're doing because they know so much about the project, so much about the job. You know that those skill sets are valuable in the role that you want him to be in. And you got to teach him how to be a leader. But those people, bro, you get those people, man, then you're unstoppable because that's somebody that grew within, that was given an opportunity that no one else would have gave them, right? And you put your own self-interest aside, which right now you're receiving the benefits of their labor. You put it aside and you pretty much waged a wager and a bet on the future return of this person's growth, which ultimately will free you. That's, that's the wager. That's one of the hardest things to do in business. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, so the question is, are you willing to let go of what that person's producing for a greater return in the future for your company. Yeah, to be honest, um, this guy, I know he's, I've, I tried even moving him into a project manager as we bring in subs on the res side. He doesn't want it. He wants to be on the crew. He wants um, yeah, but all of our, all of our other guys on, on the apartment side, they, uh, they want to stay in apartments there. Uh, most of them are mostly Spanish speaking. They're not comfortable with having all the, the English communication. Well, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about this individual that you consider yeah. your unicorn, right? What you did was you took him out of the commercial side, right? Yep. And where'd you put him? Right to the red side. Why? He's not comfortable there. 
Oh, he's comfortable there. He loves, he loves the red side. He, <laughs> he does so, not want to go. Even if we had a day off, he'd rather stay home and not get paid rather than go back and paint an apartment. <laughs> so what do you have him doing now? He's, he's running a res crew right now. Oh, is he running the res crew? Yeah. Yep. So you want someone to run the commercial side? Yes. Yep. So who's that person in your commercial side that you that, have? That's the thing. I don't have anybody right now. You don't have anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I have one Let me guy ask that, you a question though. Yeah. Why do you need, why do you need one for each? The, the residential side is small enough to where unicorn guy can do both really. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what that would look like for you on a, on a, on a business front, just to have somebody taking over those operations? Oh yeah. We, yeah, we don't need, we don't need somebody for the res side. Only, Not really. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Only. But, but, but you, you said he really likes it. So, I mean, there's part of you that can start developing and you know, what's also cool about doing that is that it forces you to create systems that you otherwise wouldn't create. Right. Because right now you're doing things that you just do. Right. But because you put someone in place, you need to create those systems, checklists, you know, punch outs, like all these things, right. He would be responsible for touch-ups, checklists, customer walkarounds, punch outs, making sure people are clocked in on time. Like all those systems that need to be created in a business probably aren't being created. Am I wrong? Are they, are you have all those things yet? Yeah, we have all that stuff. We have all those things, but you're the one who is doing them. So maybe there's not as much accountability on the side of like, if you're really checking them and processing them properly and closing out jobs, I could be wrong, but on the residential side, sometimes that's a little bit difficult. Yeah, well, the crew lead, which is him right now, he does the final walkthrough with the customer and all uh, when the job's done and, and when the job starts right now, like far as clocking in, clocking out, making sure hours are fine. I have a full-time office admin now. Um, Good. She's going to be taking calls, but th- this is another one of her uh, one of her main things. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't think that the answer is sourcing out a supervisor. I mean, I think the answer is always going to be grow someone within and being yeah. creative with how you create that role and what that role looks like. I mean, yeah, it's nice to give somebody a job that they like to do, but I'm sure a raise and the ability to bounce around between projects is a little more favorable than painting every day, you know, yeah, for, for somebody. Sure. Yeah, know, I mean, I, I, I bet he likes it, but I mean, you know, somebody's going to fill that role soon, you yeah. know? I got one guy that that is is a potential, but you see, the main thing is that whole side of the company's just been on autopilot I barely put my hand, like I never meet with the managers, never meet with supervisors. They call, no, wrong with that. you know, it, it's just autopilot, but, you, know? you know, but I think you're a growth minded individual. I think you're the yeah. type of person you want to hit crazy numbers. Just oh, exactly. I, I want to blow I mean, up that side and blow up the right. residential side. I have my, so, I so know the I, you know what I say? You probably heard me say yeah. this, bro. Dig the well before you're thirsty. It's better to get this guy in this role before you're ready. than when you really hit your stride and you're, and you're going to need somebody 100%. in that role and just see what it looks like, man. You could just try it out, pull them away from the job. The first challenge of any painter, well, soon to like painting contractors to get themselves out of production. Then the next challenge is to pull someone else out of production. Right. And it's like, I think that's a good, a good goal for you is to see if you can keep someone busy throughout the whole week without having them paint. Um, you know, and I'm sure you do enough tasks to allow that to happen. You, you're a pretty busy guy. Hundred percent. Yeah, I already did the numbers. Um, and and this is keeping the supervisor on has just been you know inhibiting our growth. We I already did the numbers. We can do at least two to three million a year easily just on our apartment side plus our res side. 
So, yeah, I mean, just having somebody, cause the thing is, you know, here's the luxury you have though, is those, those crews that you have that are producing, you know, them all, you yeah. know, like, you know, so if you ever decide to expand that on the subcontractor level, you're going to need your unicorn guy out there checking the stuff, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like whether he, you know, like you said, he doesn't like the residential side, but he will like going in in his nice air conditioned vehicle, popping in with a checklist, making sure jobs are being done right. Yeah. You know? No, he, no, he loves the residential. Maybe, maybe I got that flip flop, but yeah, no, he loves the residential. He hates. No, I'm saying that, you know, he loves the residential side working, but maybe I I don't know this guy, so I could be wrong, but I'm just saying like giving somebody an opportunity, who's a painter to be somebody that turns into a supervisor. Generally people really want that opportunity. Oh yeah. He loved it. When I gave that to him almost two years ago, he, he loved it. You know? Yeah. It boils down to this, bro. It's like, you know, like, you know, you hold that key, you know, it's like, you know, you seem to forecast pretty well about what, you know, what decisions turn into what, dude, you're super diligent, man. You, you know, you're killing it, you know, but it's just a matter of like, can you develop leaders within your organization? If you can produce your own leaders, you're, you're unstoppable. It's like a, it's like a, a a well in your yard that just never stops giving you good water. For sure, man. Yeah. I think, I think you're getting me hyped up about, about this commercial side now, man. I'm going to, I, I mean, you're, I, not, you're I, just good at it. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't usually talk much about commercial, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I know the ins and outs. I know the whole game. You know, you know I know the game, exactly how, right? I know how to sell to them. You know, selling to residential customers just cat- catapulted my sales process for for the commercial. Right, if, right. if I wanted to expand it, you know. Yeah, man, and and bro, the the demands obviously there. You know, I just yeah, all I'm saying is is that like, dude, start getting the habit of stepping back. You know, I think at this point you've you've tested the waters of what it looks like. Um, to run a residential side, you know, having him in that role to manage both residential, that'll allow you the time to recruit crews. If you want to get subs on the residential side, or if you want to continue to build up that employee model, you know, I mean, have someone to work together within your business. I mean, do you feel like you have that or is it kind of just oh, yeah. you? Yeah. This guy, yeah. He's, he's my right hand. He, he knows that. it as well too. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, man. I would pull the trigger on that. It sounds like he's a great person and, you know, he's responsible for a lot of your growth in your company and, you know, it's mutually beneficial, man. You know, help him hit his next stride. Make it a thing, you know? Be like, listen, man, let's go out to lunch, man. Let's talk about, you know, next steps, what we're going to do here. Yeah, 100%. So, is this helpful? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, bro. Hey, uh, just curious, man, what software are you using? Trip jobs. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> you like it? Has it been helpful? Oh, yeah, man. It's awesome, yeah. Um, once that Google Calendar uh, integration comes in, man, it, it's going to be it's the next level, but it's already, man, it's killer. Um, what was it? Uh, the other day, somebody was just talking, ranting or raving about it. Oh, I went up to your trailer. I, I scanned a QR code. Uh, boom, it pulled up the online scheduler. I got the, the automated text message. He, he was ranting and <laughs> raving know you put, about it. I, you, put the Q, you put the QR code on there? Yeah, on my trailer. I have it on all my trucks, too. Nice. Yeah. yeah. See, walk by, man. Nice little walk oh, yeah. by, scan it, go. Right on the job site. Yep. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, dude, as always, man, always good chatting. Thanks, bro, for considering me to help yeah. aid you in your business endeavors, man. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to that business breakthrough. So uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to transition 
this episode to a testimonial. That's right. So uh, one of our awesome Drip Jobs users was kind enough to do a short testimonial for us. I asked him some questions that I'm sure a lot of us have about what Drip Jobs is. Is it valuable? So if you would like to sit and listen to this, I'd appreciate it. You can sit, hang around, and hear what one of our very happy clients has to say about Drip Jobs for his business. What's up, everyone? I'm here with my good friend, Danny V. Uh, Atlanta. Um, him and I shared some uh, good time at the PCA Expo, but uh, we've been friends before that. He actually uh, came on a business breakthrough at one point in time. Uh, we went over sales and some other other good things. Um, he is a very, very uh, professional at this point, Drip Jobs user. You've been using it now for about six, seven months, um, and you've you've agreed to do this little spotlight. And this is really just a showcase you know what it is really it's a direct help for me so i can continue to you know get drip jobs as many people hands as possible bro so tell me before you signed up man what was the apprehension um and did drip jobs exceed your expectations yeah definitely absolutely man um i i, I didn't have any type of system any type of uh software so i had no idea what to expect to be honest with you um and you know i was just like hey um, when I, when I read about it, when I heard you talking about it, um, through, uh, you know, podcast or through, through the group, you know, on Facebook, I was just like, you know, maybe I need to give it a, I give it a try. Let me, let me try to see what it's all about and if it's worth my investment. So, uh, you know, I just kind of took that leap, man. And I was like, let's go, let's do it. Now. In retrospect, that was a good question. But now when you look, when you look back, you know, uh, and, and what's going on now, would you say that it's been worth the investment? Oh, man, it's, it's absolutely, man. I mean, without a <laughs> doubt, it that, uh, like I always say, it, it, it totally changed um, the way it changed my life, the business um, and the way I do things. Um, the face of the company, you know, looks more professional. Um keeping everything in, uh, you know, structured, um, organization, yeah. uh, and, and so, you know, just so, uh, it's a friendly user, man. It's easy to use once you get the hang of it. And after that is, you know, it's just easy. Yeah, man. It's cake, <laughs> man. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. And, and, and I mean, there's so much I can say, man, I definitely encourage people to 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 really invest in him it's a really really good investment for your business let me ask you this has it helped you sell more jobs oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um i so there's a few things that i um that i learned i catch a few things from you as well um so before uh before i got drip jobs i was doing quotes when i got home after a long day of work and now I don't leave the homeowner's ah, house. There you go. With, without me finishing that quote and presenting it to them and potentially selling it. Um, so now I don't come home I love looking that. into doing quotes. So I would say that was one of my biggest things. And I and 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 and, and man, it, it dreaded on me. I'm like, man, I gotta go home and do these quotes. Now it's just like I enjoy doing quotes on the spot. I got <laughs> drip jobs. You know what I mean? It's going to take me 15, 20 minutes. Do this quote and let's sell it. 
And, I don't and the customers love customers love that, don't they? Oh, absolutely. They're Even like, if it's oh, a high price, but they just love the idea. Like when you tell them, like, "Oh, I'm going to go in the car and work up your quote for you," they're like, "Really?" Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. They were, they were like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Yeah, I'll be right back. I'm just getting in my truck, work the quote out. We're going to discuss it." And I've been able to get more jobs, definitely uh, selling them on the spot. Hundred percent, it's going to happen. So we wanted to make it. So, do you have people? Are you using it on the iPad when you do it? So I always carry, for some reason, I always carry my Mac to do <laughs> that's to good do it while i'm doing it on in my truck and then i take my my ipad with me and have them sign on there Love that. Yeah. and whatnot so i use that's both good. of them that's yeah. good man so yeah. last part of this man you know dude thank you first for for showcasing the value but if you hear if somebody's listening to this and they're like man i just you know i can't see paying 147 dollars a month for software right like to the average consumer in comparison to like Joyce, which is like cheap as dirt, you know, and some of the other things, what would you say to that person about the 147? Man, if to look at it from my perspective, I would be like, Hey man, look at 147 divided by how many jobs you get in the month. <laughs> and before you know it, it's just like, okay, 10 bucks. This goes 10 bucks towards drip jobs. And before you know it, I mean, it's paid within the month. And I mean, literally, you if, or if you want to count one job, you can pay with one job. You can pay drip jobs. To be well, honest honestly, if it's a good size job, you could pay for drip jobs for three years. <laughs> there you uh, go. You know, yeah. if, if, if drip jobs picked up a job that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten through maybe an automated message that went out two, three weeks later. Um, there's so much here, man, but Danny, dude, this is great. I think somebody listening to this, uh, probably got some value. You're the man as always one of our biggest drift jobs fans. Uh, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Anytime, man. I, I, I mean, uh, uh, 